the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our reviews of the player cards in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. This is part two of our look at the Seeker cards in the box. In this episode, we are going to discuss Charles Ross, Esquire, Fieldwork, Anatomical Diagrams, and Guidance. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisperer in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing, respectively. Cards that you build around or cards that are good in one particular deck get a Bless Token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or are simply bad for the big game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock. If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our reviews of the player cards in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. This is part two of our look at the Seeker cards in the box. So far, uh, Matastrophic hasn't lost his marbles over uh, a Seeker card, which I think is uh, says something. Wow, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, marble's still intact. Yeah, that's true. I suspect uh, the next four cards we're going to look at, uh, Matastrophic should be, uh, should be fine. We're going to take a look uh -huh. at Charles Ross, Esquire, two-cost asset that has an intellect skill icon, ally, and patron trait. You may spend resources to pay for item assets played by other investigators at your location. As a free-triggered ability, exhaust Charles Ross, Esquire. Reduce the cost of the next item asset played by an investigator at your location by one. He has one health, two sanity, and takes up an ally slot. As a solo player, I have never played this guy, and uh, compared to uh, Dr. Mylan, this guy is uh, not particularly interesting. What do you guys think about uh, Charles Ross? This is definitely a 3-4 player card. Even in 2-player, it's hard to get a lot of use out of this guy, because you, unless you get him down exactly turn 1, you generally, like, in 2-player, you play your stuff, and then you're generally good. Oh, true. Okay. So it doesn't get a lot of use in two-player, but in three, four-player, this guy's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I want to like him. He has one problem. He's not Dr. Milan Christopher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just Milan's just so strong, you know, and for you, yourself, like, Milan's providing basically the same benefit. Gives you resources. Do, however, think this is kind of interesting for someone like Jenny as a splash. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to go yeah. that route. Yeah, because he's got the um, the passive effect of, like, you can spend resources to pay for item assets played by other investigators at your location. Like, that is really interesting, and that is, man, that is something, like, that's something I think the Arkham community hasn't done enough of, is, like, team building. You know, like, probably because the game doesn't really ask you to team build all that much, you know, beyond, like, just choosing a role and sticking to it. But something like this, that is really interesting, because this could affect how your friends build their decks if you drop charles ross though that's the problem mm -hmm. you got to draw him to be able to get the benefit i, I mean thankfully, like this guy. Yeah. thankfully one it's a seeker card so if you're playing a seeker you've got access to all the great seeker card draw yeah so there's that oh yeah that's true 
Yeah, and then there's you know there's stuff it. like um, calling in favors and other things to help grab allies more quickly oh, yeah, out of your true. deck. So you you could do that. I could see like a two player paradigm where the seeker or someone like Jenny takes Charles Ross Esquire, and then maybe there's a guardian that takes like stand together and stuff like that, and then you're really kind of meshing there things together. Yeah, getting some extra. Yeah, yeah, and stand together is like really strong because it gives you like extra resources Cards and resources yeah and then yeah. you know the seeker can help the guardian pay for their big weapons and things like that which is pretty handy yeah i wonder if that's whether that was the like intention of this is that the daisy mark paradigm where charles ross helps mark pay for the guns mm -hmm. yeah i wonder if that also one thing that's uh if you want to if you want to get you know tricky dark horse baby there's always dark horse mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah with a guy like this because he can help you uh pay for things even while at you know, low or no resources. That's another mm -hmm. option. Yeah. yeah, I just wish um he's just not Milan. That's that's the problem. Milan's just so darn good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said at the top, I've never played this guy. Often forget that he even exists. He's just not very interesting. Doesn't really provide me with uh, anything I need. What do you guys? Uh, how would you rate this one? I'm gonna give this a solid bless token. You really do have to kind of plan your whole strategy around doing stuff like this for it to be effective. Because otherwise, you're just making your deck worse. I think by playing him. So if you're not like actively making a plan with the other players at the table, this card is really useless. Otherwise, yeah. it can be pretty good. Yeah, you can run into problems if, um, like you were saying about the pacing of assets that. You know, if like nobody needs to play items after like the fifth turn of the game or so, like you can run into problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a blessed token. That being said, if if um if Fantasy Flight in the future like does the deed and like finally like actually nerfs Milan with the taboo list, like actually nerfs him, you know, like making him cost two XP or something, mm -hmm. then I think this this guy's stock goes up because he effectively gives a resource every turn to the table, and so does Milan. You know, but Milan by... gives you a better effect overall, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a resource is better than a discount. I think if I think I'm gonna give this guy a zero because I think he's like generally useful. It's just he lives in the shadow of Milan. Yeah, and if Milan weren't there, I think uh, he's actually like a viable a viable choice, like zero worthy. I'd say. I am going to give him an elder thing. I think if you were playing some sort of random deck and you happen to get this guy fine you know you're gonna get a discount a couple times and then sack him to whatever happens to kill him at the time but yeah if if you're playing solo this guy is probably not on your radar but i can't give him an auto fail because he he does something he does a thing which is fine but i could maybe see him if you had calling in favors and you sort of maybe had this guy down early and then were able to maybe get a discount on a couple things and then bounce it back to your hand and get a better ally for cheap and then you're sort of getting a resource discount on a whole bunch of stuff mm -hmm. and then you could then replay this guy as soak or something like that but generally yeah this guy is really a, a multiplayer card yeah, oh, yeah you could see it as like if you play two items, he basically pays for himself yeah. over the course of two turns. If you're able to do that, it's not the worst thing in the world. Because then you're basically yeah. trading an action for some soak. 
I think the way to look at this guy is to compare him um, is to really like compare him not to Milan, but to like art student and lab assistant. So lab assistant gets you two cards, two actions of effort. Um, art student gets you one clue. So one successful test worth of effort. So if you if you have Charles Ross during his lifespan giving you know giving like a three or four resource discount, he's already like that compares favorably, you know, to um, the other two. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's I think if you look at him that way, like that's not too hard. It's not too hard to get a three or four resources worth of discount on him. So yeah, yeah, I think he's not bad. He's just not Milan. Yeah, I might look at him differently if he had two two health and one sanity. Oh uh, yeah. That's right. But we've already got you already got William Nelson for that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Yeah, unfortunately this guy just Yeah, I I forget about him. There are uh, many other seeker allies that uh, are more interesting in the uh, solo format. The next card is Fieldwork. It's a two-cost asset with an agility skill icon talent trait as a response. After you move to a location, if that location has at least one clue on it, exhaust Fieldwork. You get plus two skill value for the next skill test you perform this phase. Thoughts on Fieldwork? Uh, this card is incredible in one and two player. This card is absolutely incredible. In solo, yeah. you play it down early, and then basically every investigate you make is at a plus two. It's oh. so good. It is so right. good. Ursula, huh? <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I've personally like seen this used and used it myself to like great effect, and not just for for uh, investigate tests. Yeah, like um, I think it also, I think it also, like, it's like kind of like uh, it. How to describe it? If you, if you squint hard enough, it actually lets you evade things better. You know, because you move into a location, there's an enemy there, or um, or for some reason, like you shortcut with an enemy, you know, because you want to like keep the game going, and you're using your secret movement technology, and uh, it also helps you like do anything, like you can use it to fire weapons, you can use it to, you know, f um, shoot, you know, like fire spells. I remember the very first time I saw this card was literally. The first game of Arkham Horror I ever played. I was, you know, it was with very basic decks. Um, they were made from like first three cycles, and the Roland player across the table had this. And I was like, oh my gosh, you move into a location with an enemy, you you shoot the enemy at a plus two. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was like, oh my god, it's brilliant. And this this was little old, you know, small brain to me before I, you know, started playing Arkham Horror. Then my brain expanded to the size of like the brain it is now. But uh, <laughs> I've seen this used and used this to like great effect for not just not just investigate, but for just about anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and like locations will have tests on them too, and oftentimes yep. you can like move into a location, do something else, and then move back yep. and do the test with a plus two. Like this is really good. Yep. Just remember the location have to have has to have at least one clue on it. That's mm -hmm. easy to forget sometimes. That's the one thing that I don't like about this card is I always seem to run into the situation where there is no clue, and so I can't get the plus two. But yeah, plus two on, on your next skill test, this phase, you can use that in so many different ways that it can really bail you out, especially in, in those situations where, you know, okay, the, the location forces you to investigate with an off skill like in the oh, devourer right. below it's just like oh i have to investigate with my combat okay well i can field work and 
still maybe have a chance of passing, whereas you, you might be in trouble otherwise. Uh, use it to evade, use it to shoot. I think there's, is there, could you even use this like if you were one of those rogue seekers to maybe pass frozen in fear if you were to move and then wait? Oh, right. Um, because it's during the phase, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I, yeah, I think so, because doesn't it trigger yeah, at the end it, of your turn? It triggers yeah. at the end of your turn, yeah, not at the end of the, end of the, the phase. Round, yeah. yeah, so you can get creative with this thing. Yeah. If you want to get really creative, like, I think I've done this before. It was I figured out a way to move during the Mythos phase and then use it to help pass a, uh, like, a willpower test in Mythos. Mm -hmm. How would we rate this one? Uh, this gets a solid plus one for me. This is a really good card. The fact that it's slotless, too, so, like, it never conflicts uh, with anything else is just, oh, man, it's really solid. Yeah, I'm actually going to go so far as Elder Sign. I think the, the scale of Seeker cards is a little weird because they have a lot of fast cards and they're like incredible. Their cards are incredibly efficient, but like in the mortal realms, you know, of, of which I'm discussing, like, I think this is elder sign territory. It's also worth noting that this is not unique. So if you have the time and resources, you can get to two field works down and either Jack one test by plus four or spread it out over the course of your turn. I'm going to go plus one on this one simply because when I'm, Playing solo, I tend to not play a ton of assets, and this one often I draw it. I'm like, okay, I know it's good, but I don't want to take the action to play it. But okay. I mean, the power is, is certainly there, and if you can get it down early and really sort of leverage it throughout the, the course of a game, as long as the locations play ball with you, you're not going to be disappointed by, uh, by it. And the fact that it's slotless is is very nice as well. So you're mm -hmm. you're not running into those those types of conflicts. Oh, I just noticed that uh, the uh, flavor text on this one mentions Genet. It's true. That's right. It's first That's right. cameo in the game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was like how many years later we finally got uh, you got Genet. Yeah. Genet, and she's more busted than the card she's first <laughs> mentioned on. So. Uh, yeah, here's so you can uh, get Janae uh, doing some field work. What is Janae's ability? Is it she's the one oh. who lets you move and do move fancy around. stuff? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. she literally synergizes with field work because you can mm -hmm. like move into a location that's empty, drag a clue with you, and then use field Order work field where you work. couldn't yep. before. Yep. It's almost as if they designed her with her cameo card in mind. The next card we're going to talk about is Anatomical Diagrams. It's a one-cost event with willpower and combat skill icons. The insight trait, fast, play during any investigator's turn, play only if you have five or more remaining sanity, choose a non-elite enemy at your location until the end of the active investigator's turn, that enemy gets minus two fight and minus two evade. What do you guys think about anatomical diagrams? This card is really bad. It's really bad. There are times where you like you just can't even trigger it. And it's oh, like yeah. it's not even that good of an ability to have such a weird restriction on it, I feel. Because it's it's yeah, already well... restricting itself with non-elite. So like, okay, sure. It's a pretty sizable debuff to the enemy. I'll give you that. Yeah. That's fine. Why does it have the, you can only play it if you have five or more remaining sanity? I 
don't know. That's weird. I have a guess. I have a guess. I have a guess that in the pro, in like the early game that was being developed, I have a feeling there was a fear that this is too good on Roland. That was my thought because Roland only has five sanity, and I think they were thinking um, they wanted to restrict it on Roland. Um, I mean, even still, I don't know. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think this has happened. This, I think this is one of those cards that over the years that come out of the fantasy flight design and playtesting process where. They end up getting nerfed down for the like 99th percentile time when like the very corner case when this is like super good. Because if you really look at it, it basically says get three overpowers. It's like saying plus two to three attack, you know, to three um, to three combat tests. Yeah, I think but it's like, like. But at this point in the game, most of the non-elite enemies only have like two health anyway, so it's like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Although I admit, maybe the designers and playtesters were thinking about. Remember that alternate universe version of Arkham that we bring up from time to time, where like where enemies. Every really enemy is a conglomeration of spheres. Yes. Where like every enemy is a conglomeration of spheres, and like I wonder if this was designed with that mentality in mind, where like enemies were really tough, you know, and had a and had bags of health, and. Uh, because yeah. in that I, case, I this card like would this. be good. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. Like I want to like a card like this because yeah, it seems I, I want okay. to like this card. Yeah, I want to like this card because like I love the idea of the support seeker. You know, like if if they were going to design the game for that mentality of like Mark and Daisy, at least like give Daisy some tools to like live in that world. You mm -hmm. know, and this is one of those tools which would in which. You know, it just seems designed for Daisy, right? She's got her little sketches and said, "Oh, Mark, hit him, hit him in the armpits." You know, that'll mm -hmm. take him down. Yeah, and I, I want to like this. I will say, bonus, bonus round is that I think this thing gets a new lease on life um, in the Scarlet Keys because lowering difficulties is like kind of the what, what's mm. what's the what, what's the what's the French term for this, Nate? The the soup du jour, you know, of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of uh, the flavor of the, of the month, Keys. sort of thing. The, yeah. the flavor of the month, you know, right now. So at least I think this thing gets a little little bit of a lease on life, and I do appreciate that it's fast, you know. So it, it seems like for the universe that this was being designed for, this is pretty good. But but in the actual universe we live in, you might as well just play like an overpower or like an unexpected courage and just chuck it into the. Um, you know, your friend's attack that matters. Or your own evasion test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's, like, ultimately how I feel about it, is that it ultimately just ends up feeling like a worse overpower or yep. a worse manual dex. And it's like, just just yeah. play those if you want this type just of play effect. those. What is uh, Daryl's sanity? Seven, I think? I think he's seven, seven. Or he's six, eight. Oh, he has, so... I think he's, yeah, he's 7-7 seven, seven or 6-8. Six, 6-8. Eight. Six, eight. All right, so he can actually use this thing. I was mm -hmm. wondering if he would be, like, on the low sanity side. Yeah, I think this would be a lot more interesting if, A, it didn't have that wonky restriction on it and it worked on elites when it would actually yeah. matter. Like, the only thing that really would be worth knocking down by two are bosses most of the time. Like, most general run-of-the-mill enemies aren't strong enough to warrant this, especially against somebody like Mark, who's already starting with a 5. So you're already probably 2 up. 
So throwing this into the tent, like throwing this down, like Mark's going to kill the thing probably in one shot anyway. So unless you've ended up in this weird situation where, oh yeah, and you can't even use it against multiple enemies. So oh, yeah, that's right. you're using it against one enemy and that enemy has to have like an astronomical fight value that would be worth bringing down for somebody like Mark to actually hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the game that uh, we ended up getting in the end. And certainly, I wouldn't dedicate a slot to this, you know, unless I knew there was something coming that was truly terrible. Or, I, I don't know, even if you're playing, like, you do sort of need if you're playing in multiplayer you do kind of need somebody who can handle enemies mm-hmm. but there seems to be better ways of doing that than packing a card like this how would we rate this one i think this is going to be the first seeker card to give an auto fail god this is bad this Ooh. is really bad oh, it's wow. just it, it feels like a trap because even in higher sanity investigators like Daisy or uh, Daryl, there are still times where you just you can't play it because you just happen to draw an auto fail on a rotting remains or something, and then this card oh, is right. actively useless. Oh yeah, then it's like blank for you, right? At that point, like even in curtain call, you take a lot of horror in curtain call. Oh yeah, that's true, and you could just like. Yeah, and like you were saying, you could take one one tentacle on rotting remains, and then all of a sudden you're down to four sanity and you're mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah, and then this thing doesn't bail you out. Yeah, I was about actually to give it an elder thing because I think there's a ner- the case of lowering an enemy's evade to zero when you're like when you're playing like a two agility seeker. I think there was something to that. You know, the idea that you can draw minus four tokens and still evade. I think there's a narrow case for that to be made where, like, a manual dexterity won't bail you out. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it doesn't even work on bosses, so the things you really do want to evade, you know, like, really want to evade, you can't even do that. And then the fact that you, it's going to shut off for you if you have some bad luck, I think, put this puts this down to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a tentacle as well. Because of the restrictions, I think it would be... If it didn't have the restrictions, I think it would be, like, Elder Thing. Mm-hmm. But the restrictions put it to tentacle. So it's like not only is it you're restricted to playing it, but then it's restricted yep. to the active investigator's turn. So it's not even everyone can take advantage uh, of the effect. Only that one player gets to take advantage of the effect. Oh, and against one enemy too. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking like the mindless dancer is probably the exact enemy that you say, okay, someone has to evade this stupid thing. Here you yep. go. Yeah, and I, th- I have a feeling that's the universe that this card was designed for. You know, it was when you had mindless dancers. You know, things are, like, really chonky, but it's not, so... And then the restrictions really come into play, so... Nope, tentacle. I'm gonna go Elder Thing on this one. I think largely because if you have the sanity, it is limited to non-elite enemies, but Seekers at this stage of the game, you know, if you just have a limited card pool, you don't have a ton of enemy management options. And well, I wouldn't talked about last video. Yeah, no, I I agree. But I mean, at level zero, I think if you had one copy of this in your deck for that one time, it's like, okay, especially if you need to evade something, I don't think the fight is worthwhile because you're probably not going to reduce the fight to zero. But if you need to evade something, and as long as that enemy isn't alert and you're going to get punished for trying to evade it, 
having minus two on a couple of evades possibly isn't the worst thing in the world for a resource. But yeah, most of the time this, I think I put this in one, one Norman deck when Norman was spoiled many, many years ago. And then oh, I don't think I've, I've, I've ever played it since just because they're, there's really no need for it. I mean, really, if it if it worked against bosses where it actually mattered, then this thing would be much, much better. But most non-elite enemies just aren't tough enough to warrant to warrant this. But you know, evade tends to be lower than than fight on most enemies, so there is a chance that you could re reduce the the uh, the evade value to zero and get a get an evade but yeah this is a not not my first choice mm -hmm. and uh, I think it would really depend on whether you ended up with like a lot of scenarios have that sort of mini boss but I think a lot of them are elite anyway so yeah exactly. this thing mm -hmm. yeah. but if you've got a limited card pool and you don't have a ton of ton of enemy management options well this is uh, something you might want to look at the final card we're going to look at is guidance it is a free event that has a wild skill icon insight trait choose another investigator at your location who has yet to take his or her turn this round that investigator may take an additional action during his or her turn this round here's another card that uh, i have not played because uh I usually don't have another investigator to worry about. You're basically sacrificing one of your actions to give an action to somebody else. What do you guys think about this one? And this one did get a an upgrade in, was it Scarlet Keys? This so, one gets yeah. a, an upgrade. Mm -hmm. And actually has an investigator who has this uh, basically this effect in Carson. I think there are uses for it. Like, I think one ex easy example is, say, towards the end of a scenario where the Seeker's sort of done their job, and now it's time for the Guardian to kill whatever is in the way. The Seeker can go here, you go, here's an extra fight action. I've evaded the thing, now you have four fight actions, you can kill this eight health enemy or whatever. Something like that, I could see it being useful, or in those turns where in four-player, you know, one-player kind of needs more actions for whatever reason like they're very far behind in the map or you know they need to get away from some enemy like yeah there's uses for it but generally teamwork ends up like not the card teamwork but like teamwork at the table tends to be a better solution than this card so yeah because i I've, I've seen this played i haven't tried to play it but i've i've seen this being played at three four player and the problem you run into is the order of operations. Often, half the time, you're taking an attack of opportunity to play this, which is where... And the thing is, like, because if you're engaged in an enemy, you don't want to be going first. You want you need to, you need to be one... You're the one who was waiting to get bailed out. And you want to give an action to someone else to bail you out. So then this card's bad because you're engaged, you're engaged with something and you're going to take not only one attack for opportunity, but then there's the other two actions of your turn. Uh -huh. So unless you're playing like three guidances, you know, like, and even then you're taking attacks for opportunity for all three. I think if it didn't provoke, I think that would be helpful, you know, because at least you're not like punished for 
giving someone else another action. Yeah, yeah it's just like historically, like when I've when we've tried to play this, it just just makes things more complicated. And you might as well, like I was like you were saying, Nate, just use some teamwork and like I don't know, just evade the thing instead and get some icons from everybody else you know, who's mm -hmm. with you. Oh, that's another thing. The investigator has to be at your location. So, like, if you're in a situation where the team is split up and someone has to take some move actions in order to, like, catch up with the team, nope, can't do it because um, they because it has to be your turn when you play the guidance. And if you're not at the location on your turn as the person you're trying to help, you know, give actions to, doesn't help. Um, I wish you could let... What I really wish this could do is I really wish you could play it outside of your turn but while you still had actions remaining. So, like, let's say, I, I'm just imagining, like, I haven't taken my turn yet. You're taking your turn. I promise, I get rid of one of my actions from the turn I haven't taken yet to give you an action right now. I really wish it would work like that. Then it would actually be pretty cool because then you can have situations where, like, I really need somebody to go move close, move close, move to my location, and then do a thing, like, mm -hmm. shoot, you know, or shoot twice. And then guidance would be perfect, you know, because the the, the I need someone to come to me and then do a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but no, that's not the case. I have to already be at the location as the person I'm trying to give, an, you know, an, an action to, which means basically I just can't be engaged with anything in order to do it. And it's just, it just gets really messy, you know, and... And for the most part, you can just, you know, what does work like that is like manual dexterity. You're like on, in the moment, I can give someone, I can play manual dexterity and give someone plus two to their agility test mm -hmm. or, or overpower. See, that does work in the moment, but guidance does not work in the moment. So I think that's the, the kind of the problem with it. Yeah, um, I, th I think you touch on a good point, which is like, you think you're really making a trade, but you're kind of really not. In a way, you're sort of losing out on both ends of the stick. Yeah. And the skill card would have essentially done the same thing in a lot of yep. regards because you're you're not having to take the action again. Yeah. Versus just giving someone a raw action in that regard. Yeah. Oh man, if this was a skill card and the skill card said something, if this test is successful, like, let's say, in order, as an additional cost to play the skill card, you take one of your action. action this turn. Yeah, or it costs you one of your actions in order to commit it. And then, if successful, the, the, the player you give it to could take an additional action this round. That'd be, like, perfect. But it's not like that. Yeah, the, I mean, the invest, the, the seeker investigator in the box is Min, so I think she can duplicate the wild skill icon on this, which, I mean, okay, that's, that's unexpected courage, basically. That's not too bad. Yeah, this one again seems like it's designed for that two player paradigm where one is one person is really good at doing one thing and the other person is really good at doing the other in this case the seeker is completely helpless you need to kill something so you're like okay well i don't have any clues to get this turn so i'm going to give mark the action to kill the thing but mark is already so efficient at killing stuff that barring and the card is restricted right you can't it's not like you can preemptively give mark an action after he say drawn a couple of auto fails and the thing failed to die 
You can't suddenly be like, oh, I haven't taken my turn. Well, here's an extra action to give you another bite at the apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one just um, doesn't... Uh... And also the AO problems, because in that situation that you're talking about, Daisy has to go first. And if there's enemies to fight, Daisy doesn't want to be going first. Daisy, you know, because she's probably engaged with things. Yeah. 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 Or, or it's predicated that Mark is engaged with everything. Yeah. And that Daisy's just kind of standing there looking at Mark going, you all right over there, pal? Yeah, but like... <laughs> Let me help you out. That, that doesn't happen. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you go through a mythos phase and like, Mark gets one additional enemy. He doesn't get two or three in one mm-hmm. mythos phase. That like doesn't happen. Yeah, you don't start the investigator phase with you know like that, you know, with new enemies on the board. What ends up ha- what can end up happening is Mark and enemy Mark and Daisy both draw an enemy. In which case, this does not help you. Yeah, it's interesting to see. You know, this card was released in Path of Carcosa, and it was many years later. We get Carson, who basically just gets to give away one of his actions. And he gets an action to do that. Yep. So he's actually not really giving up a whole lot. He's He still gets his actions, and then he gets an, another one that he can toss away, which is... But, yeah, I haven't played Carson, so I've seen him in action. And, I mean, he does... That ability to grant an extra action to somebody is very, very valuable in multiplayer. But... What does the upgrade for this one do? Is it fast um, or does it prevent no the attacks of opportunity? And yeah, no attacks of opportunity, key. And uh gives the chosen investigator plus one to each of their skills. Eh. Like because you still have to go through that still have to go through the Sudoku in order to like arrange when you play it and stuff. Mm. But the so upgrade does at least solve one of the main problems with the card. Yes, the the AO, that's true. Yeah, this one just seems like it was designed for for another time and the fact that the secret card pool sort of just takes off and leaves a lot of these cards in the dirt where it's just like oh, i i'm playing the pendant of the queen i can do whatever oh, the yeah, hell I, right. whatever the hell i want defen- on on any yeah. turn so it turns out seekers are not actually defenseless like uh, this set would have you believe yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> how would we uh, rate this one is it auto veil territory probably but the fact that it has a wild skill icon at level zero, I'm gonna give it an elder thing because specifically in Min, it is unexpected courage, which isn't terrible. Yeah. Like right. you I... immediately take it out of your deck as soon as possible in that. Situation. Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah. you know, unexpected courage number three isn't the worst card you could be putting in your Min deck at level zero. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's true. I'm still gonna give this. I'm still going to give this a tentacle because I think in at least like 75% of cases when someone's brought this, the analysis paralysis has actually created more problems than it's solved. Yeah. So I, I think, I think <laughs> w- when people include it to play it for its ability, they often find that in practice it will not work the way they think it does. Yeah, it will not. Yeah, you won't find the situation where it actually does what you want it to. And yeah, and as a result, you just complicate the decision making. Yes. Like, yeah, I think, like, honestly, like, nine times out of ten, I think manual dexterity gets the job done. Like, the I job you it. actually want to get done. Yeah, yeah. It, it does that. Yeah. So, I'm going to give this thing. Or, heck, even uh, Inquiring Mind. Very underrated card, by the way. I, I um, think committing this to a skill test often does what this <laughs> what you want to do. <laughs> what you actually want it to do. 
So just do that. Yeah, right. just, just do that. Just do that. <laughs> just give. Just give it. Like a wild skill yeah. icon goes a long way. Honestly. That's true. That's true. It doesn't go. It doesn't go as long as three of them from like inquiring minds. But it goes but like for... with Min, like two two wild icons. Is I got. I got pretty you. good. It's not bad. It's not pretty bad. good. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'm still going. I'm still giving it a tentacle because it's, you end up perfectly confusing reasonable. the table. That's you confuse reasonable. the table, and it's like you just make things worse. You had another 10 minutes of the decision making. Obviously, this gets an auto fail for me in solo. I bump it up to a uh, an elder thing simply because it is men can make it unexpected courage, which at level zero, fine. This comes out of your deck almost immediately, though. And uh, I would agree. I think a, a lot of the times the order of operations is going to cause more problems than, than this is going to solve a lot of the time. Like, I can envision situations where it's just like, okay, we're at this location we're going to move into the boss or something like that, where it's just like, okay, Mark needs an action to get into the boss room and then attack three times. But situations like that are just, it's hard to predict when you're going to have, when you're going to need this thing. And there are so many better seeker cards that you could be putting in your deck that, prepping for that rare opportunity where you get a chance to play this is uh, is tough. So I will give it an elder thing, though, simply because of the uh, the icon on it. Because a single wild is enough to get an elder thing. Well, <laughs> as, uh, two wilds in a certain investigator is... Yeah, yeah. It, it does a thing. So if your card pool is limited, okay. But uh, yeah, once your card pool expands... Getting extra icons is not an issue, especially in the last couple sets where they just seem to be loading up skill cards with many, many icons. So it's uh, it's relatively easy to get them. Yeah, that that uh that elder thing reading is really uh treading on thin ice. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. If that was willpower, tentacle. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually, yes. <laughs> That's gonna do it for our look at the. Uh, part two of the secret cards in the path to carcosa investigator expansion let us know in the comments down below what you think have you made some uh, brilliant guidance plays or has it uh, just sat in your binder gathering dust uh, let us know in the comments down below any final thoughts these are secret cards that i either want to like or genuinely do like in the case of fieldwork they're interesting designs i think that I think ultimately didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Fieldwork, I think, is just great. Um, but the other three, Charles, Anatomical Diagrams, and Guidance, they they just seem like they were designed for the game that doesn't ex that that we didn't end up getting, in like for very in various ways. I think it was very like a very narrow focus of like the help of Mark and Daisy again, and mm -hmm. I think it just doesn't work. I think Guidance's real problem is actually the language, like. The designers didn't have the, the English necessary to do to make it flexible. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but I, I think the one thing with anatomical diagrams is that the, if they just chopped off the non part and it said yep. choose an elite enemy, it would actually be pretty good. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, because then you'd actually want to use it. And plus, it makes sense. Like, it's a climactic moment, and Daisy's like, okay, I got it. It's a vampire, so you want to aim for the heart. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. She's literally use, got, use a picture of a, yeah. she's got a picture of a vampire. Like, and, then, and then the restriction would make sense, because it's like, All right, well, you need to be in the right mindset to defeat the boss yeah. and like the five sanity would prevent like rolling shenanigans and yeah i think like in that case it'd be good yeah with the exception of field work most of the cards in this thing deal with the support seeker which obviously you don't really play in solo so these oh, cards yeah. just don't it's almost like we need for you we need a rating called non-applicable you know like that's right <laughs> like that's a frost right. token or something <laughs> that's right know. it's just just doesn't matter <laughs> it's yeah. not a, not an issue that's gonna do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe if you need to contact me i can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at manfromlang until the stars are right keep your shotgun close and your other sign closer take care out there and happy investigating